Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Cosm is a progressive metal band hailing from Vancouver, BC, who takes plenty of inspiration from Bloodborne. In 2019, they released an EP titled Eyes on the Inside, and now they are currently working on new music. Releasing their first full-length album in 2018, they have graced the stage at many metal fests, such as Loud as Hell, Armstrong Metal Fest, New Year's Winterfest, Decimate, and Metalocalyptic. During this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Jesse Grace, the band's vocalist, and Eric Leonhard, their lead guitarist. Jesse and Eric, it's great to finally meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, you too, man. One thing I did forget to clarify just prior to the recording here is, are you the lead guitarist or just one of the guitarists? I'm not really sure. Oh, just just one of the guitarists. Mike and I just kind of trade. Okay, off. I wasn't too sure, and some bands are more particular than others about that. So No, Mike and I have been playing guitar together, oh God, many, many years. So, yeah. Yeah, we just share lead stuff. So I missed your set last year at Loud as Hell, unfortunately. Uh, though I hope to see you guys play sometime soon. Did you guys apply this year? We did. Yeah, we did. Nice. We'll, Have you heard back? Uh, maybe we shouldn't say anything yet, just in case. We'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we, see. yeah <laughs> we don't know. We yet. don't know. <laughs> so there's not much to, to, to hide. We genuinely don't know. We just applied. <laughs> you guys were originally supposed to play in 2020, but that was canceled because of COVID. Was that supposed to be your first year playing or had you gone previously? No, that was our, that was going to be our first year playing. That's shitty. Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, we were trying to get into both of those festivals, I think, ever since we formed in 2016. So, like, we finally got into them, and, and then, then it was like, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. you guys played the New Year's Winter Fest, and then everything shut down. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. We actually had, like, a whole bunch of shows lined up for uh, for that year. We're going to mm-hmm. play a bunch of out-of-town shows. It's going to be all cool, but didn't happen, unfortunately. The Backstreet Boys reunion tour just ruined everything. <laughs> That's uh, that's code for, for it's, code. Yeah. <laughs> what was your experience like last year at Loud as Hell? It was, it was super fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, had a really, really great time. Um, it was really cool because we had never been before. Um, but also, um, I got to perform with Carcosa um, on one of their mm-hmm. songs, which was really, really fun. Um, but yeah, and saw Angel Maker for the first time as well, which was really, really, really cool. I actually went to rad. I went to high school with them, so. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's cool. And I, I do remember seeing that set. I remember you being on stage. You have a great stage presence. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no worries. As I mentioned in the introduction, you guys have also played Armstrong Metal Fest, Decimate, Metalocalyptic. Something I like about Metal Metalocalyptic is that they took a pretty cool approach bringing women to the forefront. Or sorry, bands with like female members. Mm-hmm. For you guys, why is this important? And does it change the dynamic of the fest itself? Um, I think it's really, really cool. I have like a love-hate relationship with like that sounded like a sorry. Um, um I think it was really cool. Um, I think it's really cool to have like a festival that showcases women like that. Um, I think it's definitely necessary. I just personally want to get to a point where that doesn't even matter. That like we will just be like women in metal, like bands with women members will just be put on festivals regardless of what our gender is and what we identify as, rather than having to have a festival to like highlight us if that makes sense so like i think it was it's really it's really cool and it's really good i mean the dynamic doesn't change i mean we're all people doesn't really change much in that regard um but yeah i think i think it was it's it was a really great experience it was really really great to like for me personally just like be surrounded by people who um like are going through the same thing as I am going in the scene um, and having similar experiences and being able to just chat about that and relate to each other on that level is really, was really, really nice. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think they're important, but I, I personally want to get to a point where like, we don't need necessarily need festivals like that in the sense of like, just having festivals with women just because we're talented and you want us to be there because of our music, not necessarily because it's like tokenization or um, like just because of a, a niche or like a fascination, if that makes sense. Yeah. Super. Fun. I agree. Like it's a cool approach. Yeah. Super fun fest too. Just want to add in. Yeah, it is very fun. Yeah. It is very fun. I think you and I might be kind of on the same page about that. Cause I don't think like, being a woman in metal is necessarily a selling feature like they bring different qualities to the music let's say for example something i have a really hard time with is like male clean vocals mm. but females their singing is so in my opinion so much better normally however nobody should be recognized because of their gender necessarily but i also think that having having a, a festival that outlines the women that are bringing this awesome music to us is a great way to get that exposure 100%. and say hey look we're here for these reasons because we're talented not because we're women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I think it, it, it's just, it's important to have that highlight for sure right now, especially with like representation and things like that. Um, and I hope that like it, it'll continue in the future. Cause I don't know what the future of that fest is um, because it's just great for even just like smaller bands to just like women like myself to see that like, Oh, there's like actually a lot of us. Um, and all of us are have this passion for this this music, so for sure, it's a really good place to network as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe part of the reason that it's so important is because it's such a male dominated area right now. Yes, but women can do the exact same or better in metal, and it's awesome to see like the dynamics in different bands and what they bring to the table because they they're seeing things from a completely different perspective. And like I said just earlier, is they bring different things to the music. Hundred percent. I, I mean, I also like you're not gonna go up and say like Slayer is like a male fronted band. Like that sounds so silly. Yeah. Like why why are we saying female fronted? And why what if, what if someone's a, a woman and a drummer? Are you gonna say it's female drummered <laughs> or like it's guitaristed? <laughs> Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why does that matter? Um, and it's really cool. I think sort of um, a little bit of a side tangent, but I think now a lot of women are like coming out of the woodwork because of TikTok. Like TikTok has been like such a big Ooh. thing. Um, like I've found success on there. My friend Casey Carlson, um, like literally went on stage with Motionless and White recently, like crazy. Um, I think it's just been really awesome to like have a platform like TikTok to like showcase these women who are like really killing it and showing that we can do like it's not just the revolving door of Tatiana, Courtney, and Elisa. Like they're all fantastic. They are, rad. They are fantastic vocalists, but it's always like, oh, I prefer Courtney over Tatiana, or like I prefer Elisa, or like, oh, you sound just like Argenemy, or you sound just like Ginger, or whatever. And it's like, I just want there to be more options for that. Like, I feel like there's always like only like a handful that people know of that are like extreme vocalists in particular. A couple of bands that come to my mind, like right off the bat, uh, I'm a huge death metal guy. I love that vein of metal. So like Crypta mm -hmm. and Venom Prison, mm -hmm. just absolutely insane. Oh, Larissa is so visceral. I love her vocals. They're so like, they're just so in intense. Like, and they just don't stop. Like, they're so good. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. You mentioned that you kind of can chat with some people at the fest about, like, your experiences. Does that mean, like, your experiences as a female in metal? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like when it comes to like, um, like what we've experienced in the community around like people saying that we don't belong here or saying that our vocals are fake or like just being treated differently in, in the scene. Um, a lot of the times uh, we, what ha what I've experienced and what other women have experienced is the second you go on stage, there are a lot of people who are sitting there waiting for you to either not be as good as they think you are or be like as good as the boys are. Um, well, like, like they're waiting to criticize. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, yeah. they're waiting to criticize. Like they have a, a pre notion. Like a lot of times I'll get comments that are like, I didn't expect that. Okay. Why didn't you expect that? Um, sort of thing. So it, we have to like really step up and like really make ourselves known. Whereas I don't think that that's necessarily something that men have to do um, as often. I'm also coming at it from an internet, uh, like myself and a couple others from like an internet experience of like comments that are left and things like that, where that's been said where my vocals are fake or that um, like it's not done in one take or um, like those are basically like the main ones people or it's are, just like people are mean on the internet. I mean, it's kind of just how it is. Yeah. It's just the internet. <laughs> They're, they're internet people. They, they're not actually real. Yeah, keyboard, <laughs> they're keyboard warriors. It's fine. It's interesting that they would say your vocals are fake or they, they say, I didn't expect that. Like for me, I go in with an open mind every time mm -hmm. and I've gone to concerts where I didn't actually like, say, the studio albums that the bands put out. But the only time I would ever say I didn't expect that is because the bands normally play so much better than I expected mm -hmm. because I didn't like their music previous. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I don't want to name drop, but I've heard that from multiple people when it comes to Sabaton. Like I've heard like, oh, like yeah. their recordings are like not necessarily like their favorite, but then they see them live and they become obsessed. Like they see Sabaton. Yeah, that's how I became a fan. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So like I've heard that from multiple on multiple occasions of like Sabaton specifically being one of those bands. So I can totally see that. They opened up for Monomarth in Calgary quite a few years back now, but I didn't really like power metal at all mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was there for Monomarth, obviously, but it almost seemed like there were more people during Sabaton. And when he came on stage, like he was so charismatic, he was in, engaging with the crowd and his voice live was incredible. So I went, I ended up getting a couple of CDs and it's still not my favorite, but I've seen them three or four times live now. That's awesome. So you guys have already spoken in previous interviews about your inspiration, obviously behind your name, as well as eyes on the inside. But I'm wondering who's the biggest Bloodborne fan in the group? Oh, it's me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. Is this going to like affect our credibility? uh me admitting this but like i i think i'm the only yeah I'm, I'm totally the only one in the band who's like actually played that game beginning to end right yeah but i like the lore yeah that's true that's true like i really like there's a lot to like about yeah that. like i really like souls lore like souls born lore mm -hmm. um and i've played bloodborne it's just like i rage quit too easily <laughs> <laughs> like I, I the only one i've completed from start to finish is dark souls one um and that's impressive yeah so i am blood and it was very much like oh here i'm gonna ride raise my shield okay you hit me well, okay now i hit you so yeah, like you bloodborne play, does not work for me yeah you play defensively it's, bloodborne is all offensive. it's all aggression so um i've tried playing it um but i just the lore of like all of them are just so good i like how you didn't skip a beat either you're just like i like the lore and fair enough you don't even have to play the game to appreciate it yeah it's it's 
I'm I'm a lore junkie when it comes to like all games that I play. So I mean, the lore videos are half the fun of those. Games. Yeah, truly. <laughs> totally. Oh, the deep dives they go on. It's like these these theories and everything oh, they yeah. find. Like people can spend years just trying to figure things out. It's crazy. Yeah, I totally like don't have the patience to like look through all the item descriptions in the game. Like to act mm -hmm. slowly piece together the story. But yeah. I'm happy to let other people do it, and then you know I can just watch their lore <laughs> videos. Yeah, and they're fun often. Like I, I like watching everything from lore videos to Zuli the Witch to even invasion videos because some of them are just ridiculously funny. Well, especially with like the glitches and the ragdoll physics, so good. Yeah, oh, yeah, best. I have a rocky history with Bloodborne because I was I re I visited Demon Souls and then Dark Souls two in the past, and I I was I rage quit. I hated them. I couldn't stand it. But then I heard so many good things about Bloodborne. So when I played it, I was determined to get past it. So the first area I couldn't get through. And when I finally reached Father Gascoigne, mm. it took me for fucking ever to beat him. But as soon as I beat him, I knew I could do the rest of the game. Yeah. So that's kind of what jump-started my love for the Soulsborne games. And now it's just nonstop. Yeah. I'd agree. That first area is, like, super rough. And, like, Father Gascoigne is, like, pretty gnarly for a first boss. Oh, yeah. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're fucked anyways. So. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. I also, like, know what you're talking about when you're, you're saying you, like, rage quit from, like, uh, uh, like Demon Souls and, and Dark Souls 2. Like I like actually I've never played Demon Souls I admit but I play I played Dark Souls two and I liked it but it's kind of clunky mm -hmm. like the controls mm -hmm. are not great compared to Bloodborne Bloodborne's just like naturally a lot more fun to play way more smooth totally yeah. yeah so then Eric are you into Elden Ring yes yes I am uh, I'm I'm like not a fast player so like I'm only on my second playthrough now and uh only it's fucking huge yeah like a, <laughs> how long has that game been out now it's been, been like a year right I like how you say only my playthrough some people like were like, five playthroughs deep in like the first couple weeks <laughs> like really? I don't know how you do that but... yeah yeah um unfortunately they don't do anything else yeah we already chatted a little bit before the recording here, so you guys are going to be doing another EP. Do you have a title or artwork planned out? Um, the Yeah, so the EP is called Vacancies, and mm -hmm. um, we do have artwork for it. Um, oh, I need to remember. I don't remember who the artist's name is, um, but we found him. Eric really likes him. He was one who kind of sought him out and, and um, found him. And then, um, but it's it's like really cool. It's like, uh, like a house with like ghost people being abducted it's it's it looks really cool i'm really excited to it's like simple awesome. but it's it's really cool are you going to be coupling this with a, a little bit of a tour or some more metal fests around that time um i mean i don't i'm not sure uh based on my vocals so for context right now my vocals are actually we don't know what's wrong with them um i had mm. pneumonia in may and then again in june of this year um so i was hospitalized twice and so jesus um yeah so from coughing um i don't know what happened i might have a node um but i have an appointment with my specialist in february so hopefully it's like something that's like treatable but it really does depend on like the health of my voice unfortunately i know it's not like the best yeah, time for this to happen but um yeah well i mean health is more important than anything so and being hospitalized twice is no easy feat yeah yeah it was uh it was a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt 
And you said the coughing was kind of the main source of this. So that probably shredded your vocals. Yeah. And I vocal cords rather. Yeah. And I have like really severe asthma. I've also had pneumonia in the past. Um, my entire instrument is like broken. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> um, so like I have, I have a scarred lung. My right lung is scarred and I just, I, I cough like all the time. So I think that's also part of it. Um, so trying to, I, I want to figure out what's going on so that I can make sure in the future um, to make sure that I'm taking better, better. I was, I was so bad at taking care of my voice. If you're a vocalist, take care of your voice. It's you're it's not going to stay that way forever. I did not take care of it. Um, and that's like also part of it. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll figure, figure out, um, what we're going to do after I figure out what I'm going to (laughs) do. So have you had any answers so far? No. Um, so I'll, I'll find out when I go to my ENT, he's going to like stick a camera down my throat and see what's going on. So Jesus. Yeah. Well, I hope for the best, obviously. And hopefully we can get back to that sooner than later yeah yeah i've been trying slowly like i did some vocals today um but you sound, it, you're sounding good you, I know, I know you, you weren't you... home <laughs> no, I've, to- I've totally heard <laughs> i know i know you you can't go for that long i can't go like i can do like 10 minutes and then it's just like mm, nope it hurts i can't well yeah and you don't want to strain it if it's already going through yeah going through the stress right yeah are you looking up the artist I'm I'm trying to look it up right now. <laughs> I want to give a shout out if you can. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the artist uh, who well, we don't have this artwork out yet. Yeah. But the artist who's who has done the artwork for our EP, uh, he goes by Brahmastra on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. yeah so check him awesome. out. He is awesome. Yeah, he's very good. Will do. How did you find him? Uh, I think his artwork got posted to Gent Shitposting. <laughs> I think that's how I found out about him. I think somebody just made a post and I was like, oh, this is cool. And yeah, I mean, I think that was like years ago that they posted it and I just followed the guy and uh, just kept that in the back of my mind. And then, I don't know, I showed the rest of the band and they all thought he was cool too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then so you guys sent him a concept, obviously that kind of reflects some of the material that's in your new EP? Um, no, actually, I think we just, we he had ones oh. that were like pre-made. And there was okay. there were some that we really really liked, and then there was the one that we saw where we were like, oh, this like encapsulates what we're what we're feeling for the EP. Yeah, and just it, kind it, of it was to the concept. Yeah, it was just like a good happy coincidence. Nice. Yeah. I like it when stuff like that works out. Yeah. So I read in a previous interview where you wrote a synopsis of each song, or, or sorry, the the ideas behind each song, and I believe that one was in 2019. Are you guys planning on doing something similar for your new music? Oh, where we write uh, like a description or like synopsis of like what every song is about. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was like it was like a, th- a three or four line blurb about what the the song was about, and I think that, that really in- intrigued me. I think that was for Cosmo. I, I think so. I think we did that for both releases. Did we? I we don't might... think I don't know if we're gonna do that for this one. Well, okay. Here's the thing. For the last couple of releases, I wrote a lot of the lyrics, so like I handled that. So I think that's in Jesse's court now. <laughs> well, because like the last two albums that we had, which was Cosmonaut and Eyes on the Inside, they were both concepts. So like it was like telling a story. Um, whereas like Vacancies is is more so about 2020 and just like the pandemic and like how I personally was dealing with like depression and like how the world was going and um, like when the BLM movement happened and climate change and like all this stuff was just like the world seemed like it was basically falling apart. 
Um, so the the album is the EP is mostly surrounding that sort of concept in and of itself. Um, so I don't know if I will do that. Maybe, maybe who knows? It's content. Maybe I'll throw in a cheeky <laughs> little blurb. I'll throw in a cheeky little blurb. We'll see. <laughs> it might be unnecessary because it's all about like real world, yeah. real world things where basically everybody experienced and all those issues were brought, were brought to the forefront, especially with everybody being trapped at home. Yeah, 100%. So even though the last EP came out in 2019, you guys haven't really been stagnant. So you've both done covers for songs from other bands. So is this kind of a way to stay fresh as well as giving fans essentially more of you while you're working on new material? Um, the band itself has been really quiet. Like we've done some covers, but otherwise, like as a whole, the band has been somewhat quiet the last yeah, like, two years. Like we haven't been doing covers as a band. It's mostly been it's been you, me. You doing covers. Yeah. So like yeah. I I found I posted the breakdown, me doing the breakdown of Lorna Shores to the Hellfire on TikTok, and that just like skyrocketed. I think I was at the top of that tag for like a good year. Um, oh, cool. It, on TikTok of like the Lorna Shore challenge. And then. Um, there was a challenge? Yeah. People awesome. of people doing like the. <laughs> like that yeah. kind of stuff. Stop. <laughs> it sounds like a fart when you do that. It sounds like a cat. <laughs> um, I'll open it more aggressively. Oh, my God. Or you could just not open it or drink it. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Um, But um, I did that and it just blew up. I think it has like 1.2 million views on it. And then ever since then, people have been requesting for me to do things. And it's just Mm -hmm. been like taking off. And then I posted the breakdown for The Heretic Prevails by Shadow of Intent. And then that one has like 2.2 million. Um, So like, it's just been, it's been nice because like, Obviously, I, I plug the band while doing doing all of this stuff. So I think it does keep Cosm still, like, relevant and fresh. Really helps our visibility. Yeah. For sure. um, so, yeah, I've been really, like, utilizing, um, like, social media for sure to help with the band. Those are staggering numbers, too. Like, 1.1 million, 2 million. That's insane. Yeah, it was very unexpected. <laughs> I'm happy when one of the episodes gets, like, 100 listens. I'm like, yes, <laughs> um it's funny though because i think it's gotten to this point where people like if i don't post me making dumb noises with my mouth people like aren't necessarily the most interested so well there's always like a huge difference in like views and likes between you doing like guttural vocals and And cleans yeah yeah which is kind of a shame because like i feel like we like kind of like having both yeah you know yeah so it's nice to showcase both of those yeah do you think that people are more intrigued or attracted to like let's just call them the dirty vocals because it's kind of more extreme it's not really what they expect people to do like for me i guess where i'm coming from is the first time i heard the lorna shore pig squeal at the end there i was just like what the fuck is this and i was uh, i was already a fan of heavy music so i've actually showed other people that song and they're just astounded by what the human vocal cord can do i think that's part of it and i know that i was just talking about like women I think it's also because I'm a woman. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're extra not expecting like, it. Like I just, which I know is a total. They're extra not yeah, expecting. It's a complete catch twenty two because again, I've actually posted this on TikTok, this kind of conversation because 
there were multiple converse there were multiple comments in my comment section that were like the only reason why this is so popular is because she's a she's a girl and it's like actually pretty mediocre but people are just it's because she's a girl and so i made a response being like i understand that that's why people are interested like i'm not i'm not oblivious to that like it's because i'm a, a woman and that's just kind of how it is right now um but also like the intention of the the attention i'm getting again is that like okay let's see if she like measures up okay let's see like whereas i think if you like watched a man do that that wouldn't necessarily be like your first thought yeah fair enough that that's a shitty way of having feedback <laughs> If I was to put myself in your position and people are like, ah, oh, just because you're a dude, you can do this. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck you then. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I'm used to it. It's like, it's definitely been like a learning experience being like that visible um, or people being like, you're almost as good as this other female vocalist or like, you're almost as good as like, again, like Tatiana or Courtney or whatever. Um, but it's just been, it's been really interesting because it's kind of like, I know that people are going in being like, they expect me to not be good. Like I, that's the like view that I've perception that I've had from people's again, when people are like, I didn't expect that. It's like, okay, so you expected me to not be good <laughs> or at least like less than what you would expect from someone else. Is this something that you experience often or is this just mostly like internet trolls? It's, it's internet trolls, but also like, also at shows like i'll i'll do like weird but not it's it's different at shows because i don't think it's like snarky no no no. it's it's like it and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like rip someone's throat out if they're like i didn't expect that like i'm not gonna be like why didn't you expect it why didn't you like you know (laughs) what i mean like i'm not gonna do that but it's it definitely still is like people are like wow like i didn't expect a chick to sound like that or like i didn't expect blah, blah 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 so um but it's always when it's said to you like that, it's like a much more positive connotation than like. Could it be partly because like the the men generally have like deeper voices, so that yeah. people are expecting them to be able to reach those guttural lows? Yeah, and like that's a conversation also that I've been trying to have of like, what do we consider good screams? So just because I mm. like I can go lower than other women, that makes me a better vocalist just because I can go low. Whereas like if you look at Knocked Loose. The vocalist of knocked loose mm-hmm. he doesn't have a lot of range but people still love his vocals it's like trying to get the conversation to be more about like if someone does something well or if you just like the sound like they're talented at what they're doing i could see the opposite end of the spectrum too where you have like male vocalists who can reach highs so exactly. like Bruce dickinson you have like james libri mm-hmm. miles kennedy mm-hmm. is another one that i really like is or even trevor sternad from black dolly yeah. murder like his screams are ex- extremely high mm-hmm. well like even Will Ra- Will Ramos also can go extremely high, like oh totally. Like it's like it's it, it's impressive, and then, but I don't know. It's not really talked about much. Like it's the high the highs are not talked about. It's always like the low end that's usually talked about. Mm-hmm. All those artists I mentioned, the reason I like them is because of how high they can go. It's insane. Again, it's the same with the super guttural lows. I can't believe that a human voice yeah. can do that. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's it's cool too because like I feel like metal is becoming a little bit more in the forefront. Like if you look at like Bad Omens and Sleep Token, and like it's just becoming more of a forefront, which is really really cool. Like again, 
I hate referencing back to Lorna Shore so much, but Lorna Shore was played at like an NHL game. Like Angel Maker was played. Really? Yeah. Like they were they were played That's over awesome. an NHL game. Um so like it it's really cool to see that and I'm excited to see like what people come out of the woodwork and like what techniques we can we can like hear from other from like more people that are coming out because I feel like I'm the on the other side of it I'm also worried that it's going to become like an acrobat thing where it's just like look I can make all of these noises and it's like okay but like I don't want just noises I want like good songwriting and like where it's appropriate so that's like one fear I have but I'm super excited to hear like what like new metal like vocals can come from like new people joining the scene yeah and also proper musicianship as well Mm -hmm. like we don't want people to forego that just because they can make crazy noises or go super heavy obviously there's a market for that people love that and that's great but personally for me i i would like some songwriting attached (laughs) and speaking of songwriting so eric you used to do the lyrics and now jesse you're doing them so what created that shift and is it going to change your overall focus or um, subject matter um i mean i think like when the band started um i don't know i think i think i just had like more oversight over like the whole songwriting process Mm -hmm. and like i was more i mean just honestly i was a lot more controlling uh i wanted every song to be like exactly a certain way um and then like jesse started writing some parts and i just found that like consistently whatever jesse wrote was just way better than what i wrote um and i mean i don't know i i I want you to feel like included in the band yeah. and uh, artistically fulfilled. And so I just wanted to give you that space. Well, also Cosmonaut was, I don't want to say it was upcycled. <laughs> it what, was, what is upcycled? It was like recycled from like, uh, <laughs> Oh from yeah, yeah. Slow Wave Saga, which was the original yeah, band that you and Mike were in. Mike and I had an old band with like a lot of unused songs. Yeah. So we kind of reused a lot of them, uh, you know, when getting Cosm started. Yeah, so basically it was like a lot of stuff that had already been written, which is why he was in charge of it. And then also the same for Eyes on the Inside. Uh, the Eyes on the Inside title track, Yarnum, and what was the other one? The last one. I thought all I thought it was just the two that were, were uh, recycled from uh, old ideas. But there was one. Oh, and um, uh, Old Blood you wrote lyrics for. I wrote oh, lyrics yeah, right. for... Call Beyond and what was it? Oh, and Clock Tower. I wrote lyrics for those two. I was like, what are the Struck songs? To remember our I don't even remember what our songs are. <laughs> um, but like, I shifted some lyrics as well for Yarnum um, to yeah. like match the Bloodborne sound. But um, so I guess the EP Eyes on the Inside was 50 50, and now it's moved to me completely. So kind of like a gradual shift then. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. So are you going to continue taking a more personalized approach to things or are you going to continue with the storytelling or, or a mix of both? I kind of, I don't, I kind of write whatever comes to mind at the moment. So like it could be more of like a storytelling song, but it might not be like a whole entire album. I don't know if I can commit to that. I'm kind of over concept albums. <laughs> um, hey, we might be over albums entirely. That's true. <laughs> so like it's, it's, um, it it really is based on like how I'm feeling in the moment, um, what's coming up, social commentary wise, um, 
as well as just like if any like again like maybe i will write something about elden ring lore or sekiro lore or like i don't know like the last of us or something but um I don't know. I, I kind of just write whatever. A lot of the times I sometimes I just free write. Like I don't even I don't even have a concept. I just start writing words um, and then make a meaning out of it <laughs> afterwards. Um, so you figure out what your subconscious is, <laughs> is writing. Yeah, which is something that I kind of thought about doing and started learning to do and because I heard that Elisa Whitegloss did that when she was in The Agonist. She would just start writing words. She would just start writing and like not think about it and then put meaning to the words afterwards and like fix some things. But um, I think uh, I think Chino from Deftones does that too. Yeah. So like it just works for me because sometimes if I think too hard, I get stuck and it takes me forever to finish things. Yeah. So in a way you're brainstorming. Yeah. Kind of like just seeing kind of what sticks and yeah. Would that work as well with like different verses? Like, would you put words that kind of rhyme or kind of have? Depends. I don't know. This not the same subject, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean it depends. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm more of an alliteration person. If I actually think about. Okay. Um, but like it depends. Like with screams, you don't really have to rhyme. With screams, you can just like mm-hmm. write a like a stream of consciousness a lot of the time. Um. But with like cleans, I feel like you have to put a bit more effort into like how the words flow together. Um, so sometimes, but I don't know. I, I my my writing process is like chaotic and <laughs> slow. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Some people put out way too much, too fast, and a lot of it's crap. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, I stay away from writing lyrics because I suck at it. Period. Writing lyrics is tough. Honestly. It's hard. It's really hard. It's hard. So how did you guys get into your respective instruments and how old were you? Um, I think it was 13 when I started playing guitar. Um, yeah, like I think, where did it start? Like I, I guess I started, what year do you start band in elementary school? Like grade four? I don't know. It's probably grade four or something. But anyway, I started playing clarinet in grade four. You play clarinet? Yeah, I did. I totally I did. also play clarinet. Everybody starts Wow. <laughs> Uh, I started clarinet, and then uh, I switched to the cool clarinet saxophone uh, uh, later on. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, at some point along the way, I decided I wanted to learn guitar. Um, I think it was probably because of Mike, honestly, because like Mike, I think, started playing guitar when he was like... Nine or ten. No, I think he started when he was like four or five. Really? Like, he was like ridiculously young. I'm learning so many yeah, things yeah. right now. But like, yeah, he, he played guitar and I think I was just like, oh, that's so cool. He can play guitar. I want to play guitar too. Uh, so I, I picked it up and I was like super, super into it. Um, yeah, like I, I got like totally absorbed into guitar when I was 13 years old. So I just started learning like super fast and then I rushed out to start my first band as soon as possible. And I don't know, here, here we are. Yeah, I've been singing since I could speak um but screaming i was actually that kid in high school that was like it takes no talent you're just yelling oh and everybody goes through that phase though um because i remember (laughs) hearing flyleaf and being like all she's doing is just like yelling it takes like no talent at all um but i was in a band when i was 13 um and then i started yeah started 
being in like a rock band at 13 and then um, joined another band um, in 2015. No, no, not 2015. In like 2012 or something. I don't even remember. Um, but no, I didn't start screaming until I was like 20. And even then it wasn't, it wasn't like serious at all. Um, I would just try like fry and then I would try false chord. Um, you should uh, tell the story about your dad when you were practicing your vocals. Did you know your dad was I didn't know he was home. So my, the computer room, like the family computer room was right below my bedroom. And so I was in my bedroom screaming nemesis by arch enemy. Um, and just going for it because I thought I was home alone. And then all of a sudden through the vent at, in the in the in the computer room, I hear, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> and I knock it off. In there. Yeah. So I stopped screaming for that day. Uh, but I didn't start getting like serious into screaming until I started Cosm. Um, and even then, like if you listen back to like our first like music video of Space Mead, it's like they're very like false chord like just like very nothing wrong with false chord. No, no 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 like they're very they're very like um you can tell that i was just starting like it wasn't like there it was very breathy it was very like no support it did sound great um and then i don't know what happened but something just like clicked and now i do fry so i don't know how i how it changed because <laughs> i tried doing fry like the melissa crossway and it just doesn't work for me you were like convinced for like years that you were doing false chord. I thought then, I was doing was, false chord. Wasn't it? It was Cardivox who said uh, who said you do you actually do uh, fry. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I did false chord like literally from 2016 until 2021. I was like, I do false chord. That's what I do. It's false chord. Um, and then I started taking lessons from Mark from Cardivox. I don't know if you've seen him on YouTube, but he does like reactions and things like that. Also Cardishev, right? And he's in Kardashev, yeah. And so he, I was like, I really want to know what I do because I don't know if it's false chord. I don't know if it's fry. And I did it. He was like, that's fry. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Um, and I didn't start doing like gnarly, like lows until 2021. So from like 2016 until 2021, I was, I had like two, two tones. And then I, I saw Amanda July from The Machinist play and i was like oh my god like i knew that women could make gnarly sounds but not like that so when i heard that i was like i want to do that so um she just awesome. yeah they're very good amanda is insane her screams are so good um and so ever since then i just started making dumb noises and seeing what worked and what didn't and now i can make pig noises <laughs> 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 For somebody who isn't really well versed in the false chords and fry chords, from a listener's perspective, how do you figure out which one the vocalist is using, or can you? Um, so false chord is like your typical death metal scream, like Cookie Monster, mm. like me like Cookie, like that's. Whereas, like fry scream is like S Spencer Satello from Periphery or Randy Bly. Like Randy Bly is like the king of fry. <laughs> Um, that right. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, and then like false chord, like you can do both. So like Will Ramos, I think uses both, um, but mostly false chord. Um, so it really, the, the false chord is way more rumbly. 
whereas fry sounds more like static so instead of like okay like like interesting like a rumble in your chest it sounds like mm. ah, like it's like a static whereas like the false chord is like oh like it's okay different. hey as, as somebody who doesn't do like uh like guttural vocals just like i guess from like a listener perspective like some a lot of vocalists these days are getting so good at using both mm -hmm. techniques that it's like really difficult it's hard to, to figure out what tech mm -hmm. you're using because they're yeah. so versatile with both yeah mm -hmm. eric i want to go on a little bit of a tangent here so you were mentioned sorry i can't remember his name and i don't know if you were talking about a friend but you said he picked up the guitar when he was five. Oh yeah that was mike that's uh, our was... other guitarist yeah. mike okay yeah okay i wasn't i couldn't remember off the top of my head and Sorry, Mike. No. So I have an episode that's recorded that's actually coming out next week. And for those listening, it's episode 70 with Greg Burgess of Allegiant. So he's actually Suzuki Method certified. And so I didn't really know what that was. So I asked him about it. And basically, he can teach kids as young as three to start playing guitar. Oh, my God. And he tells a pretty funny story in there. But yeah, it's fucking insane. That is insane. How do you get like, a three-year-old? I could barely do that now, let alone at three years old. Yeah. Also, <laughs> like, aren't their hands, like, super tiny? How do they reach all of the... I, think, I guess it'd be I like a baby get, guitar. I think you can get mini guitars. <gasps> I want a mini guitar. <laughs> He's, like, obviously, they're not playing things at a certain level, but he was telling a story about one class that he had going in front of a, in front of an audience with uh, them playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. So that was pretty cool. That's cute. That is. I look at my daughter and I was like, I got to get her a yeah, guitar. Yeah, you got to get. I think when, um, this is a bit of a tangent too, but like, I think personally the key to getting like, kids young people like interested in in playing an instrument like could be guitar could be whatever uh i think the key is like teaching them what they're interested in because like when i started guitar there were a bunch of other kids from my school who all started guitar at the same time and i think basically all of them like, just gave it up after a while because their guitar teachers were trying to force them to learn chords and scales mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with chords and scales those are important but like I was a 13-year-old kid. I just wanted to play metal. And so my guitar teacher was like, yeah, sure. Just tell me what bands you're interested in. We'll learn songs from them. And that's how I learned guitar. And I learned chords and scales later on, you know, after I already knew how to play guitar, basically. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's my... So what drew you guys to heavier music? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry to cut you off. I, I, that's, that's No, no, that's totally my fault. I, th I like that you touched on that, though, because it is important to encourage them to follow what they're interested in their passions because everyone's different. So you might have an idea for your kid, but they might not give a flying fuck. Yeah, yeah. And they could be doing something totally different, but way better at it as long as they're passionate about it. Oh, totally. Encourage it. Totally. What drew you guys to heavier music? Um, you know what? I'm no longer embarrassed to admit this. It was Limp Biscuit. That's what got me into heavier music. <laughs> Yeah, like Limp Bizkit, uh, like Wes Borland, like even if you don't like Limp Bizkit, he's like a really, really awesome guitar player and he's really cool riffs. So it was Limp Bizkit and then after Limp Bizkit, it was System of a Down. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly, I love both of those bands to this day still. But yeah, I think it was like System of a Down when I got into them that I really started getting interested in metal. And like from them was probably the Lamb of God mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Mine was Evanescence. Is that really a surprise to anybody? <laughs> my mine was no fair enough. Yeah, mine was Evanescence, and then Slipknot, and then um, then it went to Lamb of God and like Killswitch Engage and Disturbed, and Avenged Sevenfold. Oh my God, I had a huge Avenged Sevenfold. 
phase. Oh, are you? I was. Are you I home? was. What? That I have a tattoo of them? Yeah. Yeah, I have a death bat. <laughs> of the, of yeah. Um, I was like one of those like. <laughs> I like how you're holding your face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a fangirl. I was like one of those like girls who had like you know like all of us had like a favorite of the band, mm-hmm. and mine was M Shadows, which apparently isn't like he wasn't very popular. Everyone wanted like Zacky Vengeance and <laughs> Sinister Gates, and I was like, I like M Shadows <laughs> more for me. <laughs> like so stupid, <laughs> but yeah, I had like a huge Avenged Sevenfold phase. when i was a teenager i like that you mentioned tattoos as well because that was one of my questions i noticed on uh i've I've seen it a few times but i noticed on one interview and i think it was the loudest hell interview both you guys had your sleeves revealed and they're both super bright like it looks like they're brand new so what do you guys do for maintenance and how long have you guys spent under the needle oh god you take good care of them i don't yeah i don't know what you do if anything it looks like you do i i uh i uh I guess I put like moisturizer on mine pretty regularly. I think that's all I do. Um, yeah, I moisturize them pretty regularly. I think I have like really dry skin, so like probably helps. Uh, other than that, I don't think I do that much. Like maybe I wear I wear sunscreen, so that helps. I think sun will like do damage to your tattoos. Yeah, time, I don't so. I don't go outside. Yeah, so that's probably why. <laughs> um, that's your secret. That's my secret. I, I also like our artist is like very very good at yeah. color like he it's a special like that's what he specializes in and he he like gets it in there like it's just like doesn't oh, yeah. go anywhere so i don't know like we we go to the same person because gross uh married couple things um <laughs> but um but yeah i mean uh i don't i don't do anything and that probably will bother a lot of people but i literally do nothing i just exist Oh, you know what? <laughs> I do. Uh, uh, everywhere on my body that I have a tattoo, I shave all the time because body hair like covers up your tattoos. Like it doesn't cover it yeah, up. I don't even do that. It, it <laughs> oh my god! It totally. It like will totally. If you have like a brightly colored tattoo, it'll make it seem less bright. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pay all this money to not have super bright tattoos. You have so. darker hair than me, though. Like arm hair. I have like really really blonde hair, so it doesn't really make a difference. Whereas you have dark hair. Yeah, I can't say I've ever had to deal with the body hair thing. (laughs) I don't shave my arms, but people think I do. That's how light my hair is. That's nice. I'm kind of like you, Jesse. I stay out of the sun, so people are like, dude, why don't you like summer? I'm like, because I'm allergic. Yeah, (laughs) truly. I, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I just don't, I'm like, I'm translucent. I'm like paper. (laughs) I get freckles in the summer, but I will burn. Like I will burn like bacon. Like it's like not, I just don't go outside. For some of your pieces, do you guys have multiple sessions or do you normally just have the artist do oh, everything multiple, in one sitting? Multiple sessions. Yeah. I can only, I'm a baby. I can only sit for like an hour and a half to two hours. Thankfully, our wow. artist is very fast. Like he's fairly fast. He also like doesn't really like to do long yeah. sessions either. So it kind of works. But, mm-hmm. but the downside of that is that like, uh, like for instance, I'm having my entire torso tattooed right now. I started in like early September and we're like, we're, we're end of January now. It's still going. I'm going to be getting tattooed every couple weeks until probably like April or something. So like every two weeks you got to go sit in the chair and go through that process over again. Yeah. Which is like, gets demoralizing after a while. Which is why I haven't gone back. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I feel like the older I get, the less I want to get tattooed. Like when you're, 
like, hurts. Like, I just remember being, like, 18, <laughs> like, 16 to 18, and, like, just spontaneously going to get pierced, or, like, spontaneously going to, like, get a tattoo. Like, I have, like, some smaller tattoos. And, like, now I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God, no, why? Like, it's <laughs> like I, like, can't, I can't think about it. I like okay. I mentioned I'm getting my my whole like torso tattooed right now. I think like that might be my last big tattoo just because I can't handle this anymore. I I'm it's because you know the consequences. Sorry, you know the consequences. It's oh, because you know the consequences. It's yeah. like skateboarding as a kid. You're like that looks cool, but then when you're old, you're like fuck that. <laughs> I, yeah, I think when when you're like younger and you don't have that many tattoos, it's like really exciting. So like you have a lot of adrenaline going. But like I already have a lot of tattoos. I've been through lot i'm just like oh, yeah this, this again it's like when you're an adult you're like oh i have to save up for it yeah and i gotta like pay all this money i also think it's just like the satisfaction of like because we get bigger pieces like both of us are more invested in like larger pieces there's no satisfaction of like going in and going out and like having the piece done you're like i have to come back i already know well, what this feels like i don't want to do it like it's when, when it's finally done you're just like oh thank god yeah it's, it's not with. yeah and it's like it's great when it's done you have an excitement but yeah, it's like it's kind of like you've been watching it progress it's not like an instant like in and out thing i i'm like super looking forward to to going in sometime in the future and just getting like a one-off piece mm -hmm. that can get done in one session mm -hmm. that's going to be refreshing yeah totally I like that you mentioned um, wanting, like, your older tattoos. And, like, I don't want to say regretting them because I don't know if that's how you feel. But uh, I had a couple things on my back there. And then one time I walked into a hospital and I noticed a guy with the exact same tattoo on his neck. <laughs> so I made a decision then. I'm like, fuck that. I need to cover yeah. it. So now my entire back's covered and you can't see shit. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of regret my rib tattoo. I kind of oh. regret my Avenged Sevenfold tattoo. A it's a fun story and you can get it covered up with it. and also but also like i like revisiting them every once in a while like i'll i i never i stopped listening after the rev died so after um nightmare um after that they just started to become like to me personally like kind of a metallica ripoff so i just kind of stopped listening to them um but like i'll go back and revisit and it like brings back so many good memories and just like so much nostalgia and so I don't know. Maybe I won't cover it. Also, the ribs suck. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they yeah. suck. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I only have on the side, like which is closer to the back. But yeah, I think the ribs and obviously the inside of the elbow oh, and armpit. Were yeah, the in the me. ditch. And I don't mind the elbow. Yeah. The elbow kind of went numb for me. Like the actual elbow itself. Yeah, the elbow wasn't. It was gross though, because like it swelled up so much that he could like fold my skin over really? on itself. I didn't have it was that. Gross. Oh, Ooh, that's I bruise. I bruise like immediately. Like while he's, really, yeah. Like he, I interesting it, yeah uh, there are pic i took pictures because yeah he didn't believe that. me he didn't believe me so i i was like look at this and he was like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's like i bruise i'm a peach i bruise like a peach <laughs> skin all around your tattoos go like, it's like deep it's yellow. deep like yellow and purple like it's i don't know i'm just a sensitive lady i guess <laughs> Moving into something just a little bit more personal. So, Jesse, you've kept your hair bright and intense colors for what seems to be a few years now, at least. I don't know much about this, but I've heard a lot of things about upkeep. So what is that like for you? And is it hard to keep your hair healthy? Um, so I've been coloring my hair since I was like 13, 14. Um, and I've learned along the way of like how to keep it healthy. Um, 
right now it's bright red and it's probably going to stay that way for a very, very long time. Um, but I redo my roots every two months myself. I do my hair myself. Um, so I do my roots every two months and like redo it. Um, and I just, and I get regular haircuts. That's how I keep it healthy. Um, but I didn't used to, I used to like bleach my hair every single time I wanted to like redo any color, like bleach my whole head and it burnt my hair to a bob length. So oh, yeah. ever since I did that, I was like, no, but it's not terrible. Like I, I don't know. It's not that much upkeep. I kind of forget about it sometimes. And then I'm like, I guess I should probably, I should probably do my hair. <laughs> I should probably do it. Do you find that it fades pretty uh, fast or does, does your color stick pretty well? Um, I have like a, a conditioning mask that redeposits color. So like when I shower it, I do that mask and it like redeposits color. So usually when I redo it, it's because I have to redo my roots because it, it'll just be like super obvious. But it depends on like your color, like red actually fades quite quickly. But I think because of that conditioner, it really helps. Um, but yeah, I've just like learned what and it also depends on like which dye you use because like I, there are different brands. I actually use Haley Williams from Paramore's brand called Good Dye Young in their color called Rock Lobster and it stays really well. Rock Lobster, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was actually really funny because there was a point where I literally would be dyeing my hair a different color like every month or so. Like it would be like orange and then blue and then green. And our bassist at the time, one time I, when I finally re-dyed it red, I came in to the, to the, <laughs> to the jam space. And he was like, what? Just <laughs> that look of like, like oh what? no, and again. Then, and he literally said, he's like, your hair is the most inconsistent thing in my life right now. That's literally <laughs> what he said. And then I would always make a joke. Like when I would dye my hair, I'd be like, Let, Eric's going to come home and it's just going to be a different color. Like it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I used to like do all different colors, but I was actually this color, the red in high school from like grade 10 to after high school um for like four or five years and then i decided to try and bleach it all out and that was a terrible idea um and then after that i started doing like a bunch of different colors and then back to red is it required to bleach your hair in between like going to different colors say from red to blue or green yeah you gotta like strip it out because otherwise it'll muddle together and neutralize and like Mm. turn to like a random color yeah that wouldn't be so fun So one of my last questions for you today, guys, is currently who are some of your favorite bands? I know we've probably covered a few of them. I'll let you start. I got to think for a sec. Within Destruction, um, Dayseeker, uh, Spirit Box, Wage War, Periphery, Black Tongue. It was very methodical the way you laid all the yeah very well played <laughs> um i'm gonna repeat some of these on the list um okay so definitely spirit box super into what they're doing um also really really into uh, a local band here uh they're not i don't think they really count as local anymore but they are from vancouver or uh, carcosa oh carcosa yeah, yeah they're rad they're yeah. also homies like yeah. we're, like just great people yeah well and you've gotten up on stage with them a few times yeah so yeah, they're they are great. Um, within destruction for sure. 
Um, really into uh, Pale Face. Uh, they're a really cool band. Uh, Black Tongue? Oh, yeah, Black Tongue for sure. Black Tongue might be the best concert I've ever seen. That was... Like, it was nuts. Yeah, it was very I've good. I've never seen energy like that from a band. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very, like, very good. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, oh, who else? Who else? Uh, really into Sleep Token as oh, well. Oh, yeah, Sleep Token's good. Yeah, they're great. Uh, oh, my God. I feel like i got to get out my... We also record. liked Sleep Token before they became popular. I just want to say that out loud. <laughs> They were still kind of popular. We, we also were fans of Spirit Box before they were popular too. That actually, is true. that is true. Actually, our last concert like show that we saw before the pandemic was a free show of Spirit Box at the Railway. Nice. Um, and like it was really interesting because we actually saw them recently with Lamb of God, Kill Switch Engage, and Fit for an Autopsy. And Courtney and I have chatted in the past. Um, but it was really cool because like she came up and said hi after even just like opening for this like iconic like Kill Switch and Lamb of God are like titans in the scene, and it was just really cool seeing them at this like free local show in 20, 2020, right before they were going to go on tour with After the Burial, to opening and like headlining and like playing all these big festivals, and like just seeing the difference of like being a fan of theirs. Um, it was yeah, really, we, really cool. You saw them play at just like a tiny, tiny little venue for free. And the next time we saw them, it was at uh, Big Arena Show. Yeah, it was, it was a, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. But yeah, we totally did start listening to them before <clears throat> before they were cool and popular. Yeah. I think they had just released their like first EP album thing. No, it was after that. It was right before. It was during the singles collection. So like uh, when, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, it's still pretty obscure back then. Yeah, they were uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm also going to say Alpha Wolf. Is rad. Love Alpha Wolf and Enfields. We're core kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's for sure. I like it. Yeah, like major core kids. You definitely gave me a few bands that I need to look up, but uh, a lot of those bands are ones that I pay a lot of attention to as well. Mm-hmm. I even showed my dad Circle with Me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. By Spirit Box. Yeah. And he liked it until obviously the screaming, but he's like, "This is really nice." And then there was a the screaming. He's like, "Oh, this isn't very nice." <laughs> <laughs> I bet he. I yeah. bet he liked Secret Garden. Yeah. So yeah. that's be a okay. nice safe one to show them. So my last question for you now is uh, if people are trying to find your music, where is the best place for them to find it for you guys? Where is it? Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, I guess. Spotify, like any streaming platform. Yeah, we're everywhere. Uh, our band camp. Yeah. God, what is our band camp? It's Cosm Official. Okay, yeah, band, band camp Cosm Official. Yeah, yeah. cosmofficial.bandcamp.com. Thanks. You're welcome. Good save. We're also we also have a website called callsandband.com that you can also find us. And we also have a YouTube. If you just look up Cosm Official, we will pop up. And we're we're not the uh we're not the EDM Cosm. There's there's yeah. uh there's like uh I don't even know where they're from, like France or maybe Russia, the EDM band corners of Cosm. We're not that Cosm. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't think I've ever that's ever come up even in my searches. It so. it gets it depends on like the streaming service. Like they keep it nice and separate on Spotify, but I think like on Tidal all of our stuff is mixed together and I submitted a request to have it separated, but I, it takes months to get that stuff sorted out. So mm. if, it, if it's EDM, it's, it's not us. I've noticed a couple of times with uh, different artists, like they, Oh, they released a new single and then I listened to it and it's EDM. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it doesn't seem to stay there very no. long. It's just because it, because they'll send in a request to have it shifted so that it's two different artists. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to like send a request. Okay. Yeah. But like I guess whatever service you're using to upload your music doesn't know the difference between the two bands. So yeah. you just like put it onto the same profile, you know. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
Well, I want to thank you guys again for joining me today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And uh, Jesse, I hope your, your vocal cords get better thank soon. Yeah, appreciate that. Thanks a lot for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.